Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, we have Nicole Winter. She is a Boston qualifying marathon runner, personal trainer, and content creator based here in Austin, Texas. Nicole is an amazing athlete and a super, super genuine down-to-earth person, and I know you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. In this episode, we talk about Nicole's running and fitness journey, how she was able to qualify for the Boston Marathon, how she approaches nutrition and strength training, We talk in-depth on her process to creating content and how to build a personal brand. She talks about how she's able to balance all of these things, fitness, content, family, and a social life, her plans and upcoming races for 2024, and so much more. This is a fantastic episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we dive too far into it, let's first hear from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Prevenex. There are so many vitamin and supplement companies these days that it's hard to know which companies are actually legit. And that is exactly why I use and recommend Prevenex. Prevenex uses clinically tested and proven ingredients in every single one of their products. They also use pharmaceutical grade manufacturing. There is literally no higher quality of vitamins and supplements. And not only does Prevenex make top of the line clinically tested products, but they are also super philanthropic. For every Prevenex purchase, they deliver one bottle of their children's multivitamin to the most at-risk, in-need children around the world. So not only are you taking care of your own health, but you're also helping children across the world in need. I've personally been taking their products every day for the past few months, and I can really tell a difference when I'm consistent with it. Some of my favorite Prevenex next products are the multivitamin joint health, immune health, and the muscle health supplements. It goes without saying that your nutrition should be founded on high quality whole foods, but sometimes we miss essential micronutrients in our daily diets, and that's where vitamins and supplements like Prevenex can come into play. If you're interested in trying out Prevenex or you need a restock, make sure to use code JMiller for 15% off your order at Prevenex.com. This episode is sponsored by Switchback. Switchback is a community brand that my friend Brock and I started working on earlier this year. We're both searching for a high-quality electrolyte product without all the garbage like sugar and artificial sweeteners. And we also wanted something that had a more effective ingredient profile where you didn't have to take several servings in order to get the right dosage. So we set out to formulate our own. Each serving of electrolytes has a 1,000 milligrams of sodium, which helps to reduce headaches, keep you properly hydrated throughout the day, prevents bonking and cramping during a race or a hard workout. It also has 400 milligrams of potassium, which also helps to prevent cramping and proper hydration. We also added in 500 milligrams of coconut water powder, which is a great source of natural electrolytes. It also helps with the flavoring of the product. And another addition that we made was estrogen. This is a compound that helps with nutrient and vitamin absorption. We've never seen electrolyte supplements add this in there, and we think that it can really make a big difference. And the science is there to back that up. Switchback is also free from any added sugars. We use stevia to sweeten it. But aside from a high-quality electrolyte product, we also wanted to build a community and provide a place for individuals to connect with other like-minded people through the common interest of health, wellness and running. We'll also be partnering with group runs all throughout the country. We've already had several meetups here in Austin, Texas, but we really want to be the fuel source for all of those memory making moments which often happen at those group runs. We've had some really, really amazing feedback from everybody so far on the flavor, the ingredients, the design, and the community aspect of everything. You guys can check us out at goswitchback.co to shop our electrolytes as well as find out where our next group run will be but again go switchback.co go check us out this episode is also sponsored by two before performance nutrition two before is by far one of my favorite running supplements i take it every single day and especially before big 
races, or big running workouts. Two before played a crucial part in me hitting my 244 marathon PR at the Chicago Marathon in October earlier this year. If you're not familiar with Two Before, they are a New Zealand-based company that creates some of the highest quality blackcurrant powder on the market. The blackcurrant berries that they use are grown in New Zealand soil, which gives their benefits an extra boost. Blackcurrant berries have been proven scientifically to increase endurance, speed up muscle recovery, and strengthen immunity. I take two before every morning, about 30 to 60 minutes before my runs, and it tremendously helps with my recovery, my performance during the workouts, as well as strengthening my immune system. Like I mentioned, this is truly one of my favorite running supplements, and I would recommend it to anybody looking to improve their health and fitness journey. You can use my code JMiller for $10 off your order at 2before.com. Again, that is JMiller, J-M-I-L-L-E-R, for $10 off your order at 2before.com. And without further ado, here is Nicole Winter. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Miller. Every week, I chat with fascinating people from all walks of life in order to bring you knowledge, inspiration, and insight. If you enjoy the show, you can support it by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with a friend. This is the Jeremy Miller Podcast. Nicole Winter, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, Austin's most popular running influencer. I don't know about that. <laughs> who, who voted? I did. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'll take it. I feel like you're, uh, in terms of like popularity, maybe follower count, you've got to be like number one. I don't know who else would beat you out. You know, I'm slowly crawling and I have, once you hit that 100K mark, which I know you have as well, it feels exciting yeah. and good, but I feel like I've kind of halted to a to a stop. I feel like mine has too. Yeah, it's interesting. I try not to pay too much attention to it. Yeah. But, but you have yeah. to not get attached to the highs and then equally you can't get attached to the lows, right. but it's hard. Yeah. it's uh, It seems like other people that are like kind of the same sphere as us, uh, it seems like they all kind of slow down too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like weird Instagram things or what. This is all part of Instagram's little game. I think it might be. Yeah. Because it, it happens in waves. I noticed that yeah. too. Yeah. It's happened to my, um, which you and I were talking about a little bit. I have a separate fitness account. Um, and that one like completely came to a halt and it all happens. I think when Instagram is like shifting the algorithm, but who knows? I'm not, I'm not an expert. This could be false. Also now Instagram's hearing me say this. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going to get a bunch of ads me. about something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you go about like when the growth stops or when it slows down and your cats not growing, your videos aren't getting the views that they normally do. How do you go about, uh, how do you go about navigating that? Like mm-hmm. continue to go to continue, keep going forward. Yeah. So first of all, I feel like I think about why I started it in the first place, which is obviously not for the engagement or the following. Um, It's for the passion of running and inspiring others to run or to just pursue whatever it is that makes them happy. Um, And I think something that I think about just with fitness in general and with running is as a woman, I think we relate it back to growing up and learning that you can exercise to look a certain way or to lose weight, whatever. Um, and I'm the complete opposite of that. I like to think of exercise as a way to celebrate your body. And I just want to be able to share that message as much as possible. So I, I bring like it back that. to that why. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's like that saying with any why you can do any how. Like mm-hmm. no matter yeah. how, all the ups and downs, no matter how hard it gets, you can, uh, as long as that why, that core yeah. um, well, reasoning is powerful enough. Yeah. yeah. That's such a cute saying. I haven't heard that in a long time. I don't, I didn't make it up. 
What is but it? With with any Y, you can do any how. Or, or no, with a strong enough Y, you can do any how. Okay. I oh, I love that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like even if one person is watching your stuff and you're helping that one person, like that is what matters. Right. Yeah, I tell myself that all the time. It's like if I can I can impact one person a day, mm-hmm. then you're doing something. Exactly. I did. You know how you can post a reel without it going to your feed? Like you can Maybe toggle not. off. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you can toggle it off. One time I posted a reel and I was just like, I don't really want this in my feed. I can't remember why. But one person viewed the reel after like 30 minutes. I was like, wait, (laughs) what did I do wrong here? Like, surely this is an option on Instagram. Like, it shouldn't be punishing me. Yeah. Um, And I was like, okay. But this that was a good test. I I didn't delete it. I just left it there. And I don't know what happened. But I was like, that's not the point. Like, I'm still posting it because it feels good to me and authentic to me so yeah. that's what matters i heard this clip from uh, do you know rick rubin he was like in the music yeah. industry he's like he's been around forever but it was a clip of him talking about uh like with art or any kind of creative endeavor only like you really should only create things because you like it like the end result is something that you enjoy right uh, whether it's like music or an instagram video or something like because i think it's so easy to create content with other people in mind like oh okay. what do other people want to see and that can be helpful if you're trying to run a business or something, that, that can be helpful. But right. like in the essence of just creating for the sake of creating, like I think if you make stuff that you want to see, mm-hmm. then it's going to make it a better product in the end anyways. Oh, I agree. Any post that I'm posting that I wasn't like excited to show my husband first before it went live, <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't deserve a spot on the feed. Is he your, your filter before you post anything? Um, Yes and no. Filter is an interesting word. He'll help me decide, but he's somebody who has no filter. So he's okay with literally anything. So I I would say he's nice to just kind of pass things along to, but he he's his own his own man and he'll think anything is okay. Does so. he give you a uh, criticism of like, oh, I think you should change this shot or change this music? Yeah. Or- yeah. And he'll send me, he'll be like, this audio is trending right now. It only has 800 uses. <laughs> you have to use it right now or else. And then I won't use it. And he's like, Mo, if only you posted that with audio. And da, da, da. So yeah, he has strong opinions. Um, so he's very helpful. And he's, which I'm sure we'll get into this. He's been like my biggest supporter through through it all. My cameraman gets on the bike in 30 degree weather to, to film me running. And yeah, he's the best. That's awesome. I wish yeah. I could talk for you into that. Yeah, we do. We need to talk her into it. Maybe this will help. Yeah. Um, we get the band together. Yeah. I'm on the bikes and then us on the run. Do you have to talk him into it or is he like excited to go do it? Depends on the time and the day. He's usually excited too. Um, but if it's like a really busy time or we need to leave at 6 a.m. for the run, it's definitely a lot of yeah. got to talk him into it. Yeah. But he's always happy he did it after. How often does he help you shoot? Because I know you do a lot of the, like selfie I do a lot of too. the selfie videos. I just feel like they're so much more personal, yeah. honestly. Um, so he doesn't have to help me shoot that much. But gosh, I would say it's really random. Like sometimes for YouTube, I'll want him to film me because right. I need to get more content. Um, but yeah, honestly, not that often. I'd say maybe once a month, I'm like begging him to come out there. Yeah. That's one thing about your content is it's so relatable. Oh, thank you. Like take this in the best way. Like you're an average person, really. Yes. Like you're just like yeah. the rest of us. Uh, and I think that comes through in your content of like, you're not some like influencer trying to, you know, show about and like show that you're better than everybody. You're just like, totally. oh, this is Nicole and I run and this is what I do. Yeah, no, I'm just here for the ride. I'll go to influencer events and I feel so out of place. I feel like an imposter because yeah. I don't have like, my media team's not there with me. I don't have my tripod set up. Like, it's just a different world and there's nothing wrong with that. I have 
the most respect for people to do it. But I just am always like, this is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it makes it more relatable. Like, uh, yeah, I think it resonates with more people, mm-hmm. and which is like why it works. Obviously, is because I think if you're disingenuous or you try and be somebody you're not, it's like people mm-hmm. can see right through that. I think. Well, that's my whole goal is to always be authentic and like, this is just what it is. And I'd rather relate to people than be that person that somebody's like, oh, I could never do that or I could never be like that. Yeah. Um, and that's not the goal. I so, love that. Yeah. How did you get into running to be in with? Were you always a runner? No. So it's a long story. I'm I warned I warned you before this <laughs> that I'm long-winded. Let's hear it. Um, so my mom was a runner growing up and... I grew up like remembering going to her marathons and training with her in the jogger. And I always thought that that was really cool. And marathoning just felt normal, like what normal people do. Little did I know that that's not the case. But growing up, I played literally every sport imaginable, except for softball. I think that's like the one sport I didn't try. Because my mom was like, oh, you'd be a really good runner. And of course, because she tried to push me into running, I was like, I absolutely will not do running. So I never did track, cross country. Um, and then I actually did diving of all things and I hurt my back diving. My coach was like, Hey, go run some laps around the campus to like loosen up your back. And that just totally stuck. Really? So I feel like was I was that had, in like high school or college. Or? Um, that was high school. That was summer before my senior year of high school. Dang. So I thought about, I'm like, Oh my gosh, do I like do track instead of tennis this year in the spring? Like I just really liked it, but I still couldn't run more than a mile. So it was like, I'm on these little runs and I'm like dying. I, Cause you know, I didn't know until literally two years ago that you should run slow. I was always going my hardest for every run. So that was high school. And then college, I actually stayed home for two years in college. I went to community college and I just needed some structure. So I started running more. I would run like five, six miles a couple of days a week. So I would say I probably didn't take running seriously until I graduated college but I ran as a hobby all throughout nice. college. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Was it Michigan? Um, yeah, Michigan, Grand Rapids on the west side. Dang. And I went to Michigan State. That's awesome. Yeah. So you got into running kind of by accident. I mean, you had this accident. influence from your mom, but. Mm-hmm. Influence from my mom. And then I kind of fell into it. It's funny because I would finally run and she'd want to run with me. And I'd like yell at her to slow down. And she wouldn't slow down for me. <laughs> or like she'd accidentally speed up. And I'd be there like pouting on the sidewalk, walking, waiting until she decided to stop for me. Um, and now it's funny because I do the same thing to my husband. If he wants to go for a run, I'm like, I promise we'll go slow. We'll go at your pace. And you just can't help the natural yeah. rhythm <laughs> yeah. of what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. What was your your question? Was uh, I mean, it wasn't really a question. Okay. Um, I was like, did I just miss him? No, yeah. Completely? No, just like you kind of got into running sort of on accident. Yeah. Like because, yeah. because you got injured. Right. Um, how long did it take? for you to kind of learn about like, okay, you got to slow down and you got to train a specific way. Like, did your mom help teach you that at all? Or did she, did she just kind of go do whatever? She, my mom is like the definition of had no understanding, no offense to my mom. If she's listening to this, cause she was amazing. She was like a three Oh five marathoner. Um, she would run as hard as possible every time she, she would say, if you don't feel like you're going to throw up, then you're not running hard (laughs) enough. Um, she also didn't feel at all. During the runs, I don't think she drank a ton of water. So I didn't learn. Like, I had no idea of any of this until I started working with my coach. Shout out to Chris. He, two years ago, was like, okay, we need to figure this out because this is not right. You need wow. to slow down. You need to eat during your runs. I went on a 18-mile long run. Um, I think this was back in 2017. I was training for the Detroit Marathon. 
And I did an 18 mile long run with my mom on a Friday night in the summer. Didn't have a single sip of water, no food, probably didn't feel beforehand. I just had no idea. And the next morning my knees were like aching. I was exhausted. I felt feverish. And now that I think back on it, I'm like, well, obviously surprised I didn't feel worse, Yeah. you know? So yeah, I didn't figure this out until maybe two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. I know. Was your mom injured a lot because she was just going so hard all the Never. time? Never. Never injured. But now <laughs> I mean, nice. now she has, you know, she's not running anymore. And yeah. she's got knee, knee stuff and foot stuff that I'm sure right. was from this. Yeah. yeah. She just powered through. Yeah. She's amazing. What about, so what year was it when you first got into running? Like when you got hurt and tried to kind of get into it on the track? I would say, gosh, 2017 was like when I was decided to sign up for the marathon in Detroit. I ended up dropping to run the half because of that 18-mile long run. <laughs> um, and then I took a couple of years off. And then I, um, it was when I had mentioned this off mic, but we had discovered rogue running here in Austin. And I started going to the run group and everybody was training for Houston. And I was like, wait, why am I here if I'm not training for a marathon? Like I would go to one speed workout a week and I wasn't running any other days. Oh I would just gosh. like go to the one speed workout and my coach, um, different coach than I have now. He was like, you know, you should probably be like running during the week. You can't just <laughs> yeah. like come to this one speed workout and run as fast as you can. And like, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, so yeah, everybody was training for a marathon. And I'm like, you know, why not? So that was back in 2021, like post COVID when groups were finally getting back together. And I would say that was like the official start of my like follow a routine know how to run slow do the long runs and all of that so it hasn't been that long um, that's awesome yeah as far as like running seriously and actually training properly what was your your very first race was it the detroit half um yes i i ran a couple of like 5ks and 10ks in college but that was my first um true race was that half marathon that's yeah. awesome yeah and it goes through canada it's actually really cool. oh really yeah it's a good one is detroit close to canada yeah yeah, you basically like go across. I need to look at a map. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, when you see it, you'll you'll know. We would go okay. for date parties in college. We would like drive to Canada because you could drink when you're. I think it's nineteen. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's like people go down to like Tijuana or exactly. Down to Mexico. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. That's yeah. Funny. Mm-hmm. So that. yeah, it was a good one. It's also a good option for anybody listening who didn't get into Chicago. It's a week after. Is it a flat um, course? Mm-hmm. Really? I would say maybe a little bit hillier than Chicago. I don't know anybody but... that's done Detroit. Is it a big marathon? I think so. I, I would say like maybe 20,000 people. We would have to fact check that okay. big time. Yeah. Definitely bigger than Eugene. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang. So, and then was it uh, was Houston your first marathon? Houston was my first fall. Yeah. Right, that one go. Was, was that 2021? Uh, 2022 because it was okay. January. So okay. I just, just turned 2022. That was the most fun I've ever had. I went out having literally zero clue. Like if we looked up my splits on Strava right now, we would crack up because it'd be like 7.15, 8.40, 7.30. Like it was all <laughs> over the place. Um, I went out too hard, too fast. But my coach and I had decided on a 3.40 goal for that marathon. Um, and I did a 3.31. Dang. So yeah. Your first marathon? Yeah. But That's I had nuts. no I was just like literally like it was a free-for-all. I had no idea what to do. <laughs> did you know you were like a minute-ish from – BQing? So I thought for, yes, I did. But at, when I was like going into that race, I thought that a BQ pace was 830. So when I was thinking of a 340 race, I'm like, why am I not just going for the BQ? 
And my coach was like, absolutely not. Like we didn't train for that. Cause obviously I didn't realize it was an eight minute right. mile. Um, and I remember in my head kind of thinking like, oh, I guess we'll see what happens if I stick with an 8.30 pace. And then the the day before the marathon, I was calculating it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I am I'm way off. It's an eight minute mile. So anyway, people ask me that a lot. They're like, oh, aren't you mad? And I not at all. I'm so glad that I had that experience. Yeah. And I'm glad I got to go back and actually work towards the BQ. That's a great first marathon. Yeah, it was good. I was very happy with it. And I feel like having, you know, a background in so many sports prior running, you know, for gosh, eight years, even though it wasn't that serious. um, I feel like I had a lot of tools in my kit to be able to just feel good and, and do a good, good first marathon. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, and then um, was Eugene your next one? Yes. Yeah. And that was the spring of 23, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's when I found your page when I was doing the Eugene Marathon. Oh. Because I think I found your, like, I was trying to find anything about the Eugene Marathon. Yeah. Oh, I had a YouTube video. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you're, like, getting on the plane and you're, like, oh, yeah, I'm flying in from Austin or whatever it was. And I'm, like, wait, this guy's in Austin? Um. So, yeah, that's how I had found oh, your page. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that video because it was the one thing I could find on. Yeah, that video, I don't even remember what's in it. I feel like there's like 10 seconds of actual race footage and the rest yeah. of it just like us in Oregon. Getting ready to go. Yeah. yeah it is hard on a race day. You don't want to have to worry about filming for yeah. YouTube. And I remember I was trying to go for my BQ there. Okay. So I wasn't, I didn't take a camera with me or anything okay. on, on the course. So. And you got it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I ran like 258 or Okay. Because yeah, for men, it's three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. And you ran 324 so you could be keep like mm-hmm. six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I just made the cutoff this year by 17 seconds. Oh my gosh. I know. It's crazy. Usually at 324, like you're pretty, like pretty safe. by six minutes. Yeah. 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 So we'll it was see. like 529 or something, I think, mm-hmm. for the cutoff. Yep. And I, we literally, my friend who ran it with me, her and I made it by 17 seconds. I think she made it by 21 seconds. Wow. Yeah. I know. How did that race go? Um, It went well until it didn't. I, I had started that training cycle with an injury in my calf, um, really early on, like when I was base building and then I was actually supposed to run the Austin full for my BQ, Oh gosh! which in hindsight was so silly to do that. But I wanted to do like a hometown race, right. wake up in my own bed and whatever. Um, but I had gotten that injury and I said to my coach, I was like, listen, I like, I want kids soon. I don't want to waste any time. Like if we're going to do this, let's run a flat course instead. Um, so yeah, we found Eugene obviously. And I ended up having a really healthy training cycle, went into the marathon feeling incredible. And then at around mile 21, my knee completely locked up. My foot was numb. Something funky was like, it was not good. And I slowed down significantly, but it's funny because you go in with the mindset of like, Oh my gosh, I hope my calf is okay. Like that was the thing that, yeah. you know, was the injury to start. And then something completely different happened. So it's just important to remember that like anything can happen during these races and you can't be prepared for, for everything, but you have to control what you can. Um, but I powered through, I, with every step was like, my, I might collapse because my knee was that, I don't know what was happening. Jeez. Turns out I had IT band syndrome and a bunch of other things that my PT has identified. Um, but yeah, so I was really struggling through the last couple of miles and it sucked because I felt so good, like aerobically. Um, and yeah, I think it was also the flat course, the pounding on the quads right. that I was not ready for. 
Yeah, Eugene's a great course, mm-hmm. a great race. It's yeah. like it's small enough that's not crazy logistically, but it's big enough so like you usually have like a pack of people to run with. Right. And it's beautiful too. Like it's going, so pretty. Going the and, and the stuff. weather is yeah. is amazing. Um I actually after that I felt like, you know, oh, it's a little bit lonely. Maybe I would like more hype during a marathon. But then I ran Chicago. Yeah. Same as you. And I was like, oh, I need to appreciate the quieter lonelier races because something like chicago is just very intense i don't know if you felt like it was overwhelming um compared to boston it was like not bad okay because boston's pretty crazy oh great here we go are you doing boston in the spring yeah oh yeah and you're you're not gonna be there you'll be in london london yeah did you announce that already um kind of i think you can i like put on my story okay i was gonna say we can cut this out it's okay (laughs) i don't care that much okay um yeah london no boston is uh Boston's so cool. You're gonna love it. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, we're gonna see. My coach always says to go to Boston the first time to just experience it and take it all in. Um, but my goal in Chicago was actually to get a sub 320. And it really upsets me that we didn't get there. And I just don't really want to go through a whole training cycle to just run another marathon for fun. So we'll see what my coach says. We'll see how my body holds up. But I think the goal for now is to actually race it. What did you run in like Chicago? The hills. Chicago, <laughs> like the hills. <laughs> Chicago was a three twenty five forty one. I I don't I would have to look it up to know the exact time yeah. because I cared that little. Once the race started, <laughs> I was like, I can't even mentally. I was not there that day. Really? And I finished, and I don't even think I knew my finish time until we went to the Michelob Ultra tent to get my medal engraved. And they were like, what's your finish time? And I'm like, I literally don't know. I had to have <laughs> my friend look it up <laughs> to see. Well, 325 without being mentally there. So, yeah. I mean, that's a still a BQ. Yes. Still, well, not not for this year's standards. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It so was, 330. I'm very proud of the race still because I mentally was not there. I, I had a couple of things happen during the race. And I feel like it goes to show that I did gain a lot of fitness knowing those things happened. And I still ran a 325 but it just is frustrating when you go in for a certain goal and it's just not there that day yeah yeah especially if you have like a great training block and then yeah. the weather's good your nutrition's good right but if like mentally mm-hmm. it's an off day all that other stuff can go down the drain exactly it's also funny because i remember thinking like surely this is going to be the best race ever after training in austin all summer and then we had like this beautiful 40 degree day in chicago yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to fly out there. Like, it'll be no problem. Uh, and that just was not the case. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. We, I learned a lot from that race, and that's what's important. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think you, like, have you thought about if there's anything you could have done different, like, mentally, like, maybe more prepared? Or, like, was it just totally out of your control? Yeah. So, I no, I know that there's a lot that I could do differently. I'm a very anxious person, and I get overwhelmed, I feel like, much more easily than the average person. And leading up to that race, I was just mentally burnt out. It had nothing to do with marathon training. Like that is my happy place. I was not burnt out from running. It was mental burnout from work. And I think I just didn't do a good job of making sure I had, you know, open weekends where I had my long run and then could relax. We were traveling constantly over the summer. A lot of my long runs were done traveling, which is great. But I just feel like I was never caught up with myself. And then we went straight into that race weekend. I had other friends there with me running it. I hosted a shakeout run. I feel like I just mentally could not catch up to have time to get in my own space and my own zone. And my coach actually kind of brought up a good point. He's like, I feel like 
you went to Chicago for everybody else instead of for yourself. And that really resonated once he said that. Um, so yeah, next time I think I just need more Zen prior to, to race day. Yeah. Running is so mental. Yeah. And if you're not like, if everything doesn't go perfect mentally, it's stuff can go wrong, unfortunately. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I mile 17 of the race. I had my watch with cellular. I called my husband and I was like, I'm done. I'm leaving. (laughs) He's like, do not walk off that course. Like stay put, just slow down for a second. Um, and he talked me through a lot of that, the finish line. Yeah to the finish line of that race yeah yeah marathons like to begin with are stressful yeah mentally especially like when you added a shakeout route and the traveling oh you have friends there people you're trying to see and you have to figure out where to get food and yeah try and get sleep the night before like there's so much that goes right. into it. well you did all of that and had an incredible race was that 245 uh 44 okay yeah. insane yeah that's amazing um congrats yeah, I kind of felt that same way too, though. Like, yeah. it was like everything happened so quickly, especially mm-hmm. at a major marathon where there's just so many people. Right. And you got to figure out, like, am I taking an Uber in the morning? Am I going to, where am I going to walk to? Where am I going like, to, what, like, what gate am I in? There's all these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, we actually, then this probably made a big difference the night before we had reservations to go eat out and we had to, like, get an Uber there and then we'd have to Uber back and do all this stuff. And we're like, okay, I'm not doing that. Let's just, Order stuff to the hotel service. It's so much easier. Yeah. Because then I could just spend a few hours chilling instead of like being in Ubers and trying right. to navigate Chicago. Right. Chicago's um, not as like, I think people think of a big city and they're thinking about like easy transportation and whatever. It's not the same as New York. Right. It's definitely like you can, to, is it the L I think is like uh, their transportation. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But Ubering just felt more feasible, but then you're stuck in the Uber for the traffic. It's horrible. And it it is walkable, but it depends on what neighborhood you're in. And we stayed a little bit further. Alec literally had to bike me to the start line. I was like sitting on the back (laughs) of his bike. I'm like, this is the worst way to go to the start line of a marathon. If I fall off this bike, I'm screwed. Yeah. But yeah, you figure it out. Dang. And then um, Boston. So you think you're going to race Boston? Go for yeah. sub 320? We'll see. We'll see. I So I ran New York in November. Oh, I forgot you did New York yeah, too. I ran it completely for fun. Those are the best. It was the best. And I feel like the hills, this is why I can't speak to racing hills because obviously I was running that one for fun. But the switch up on my muscles felt so good. Yeah. And I'm always, I've always trained in hilly places. And I just, I don't know. I've always preferred a hilly route. So I think I can try to twist that in my mind to work it to my advantage, but we'll see. I obviously know it's a very, very tough race, lots of logistics. So we will see. Um, I will not be hosting a shakeout run that weekend <laughs> if it is a race. Yeah. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions on that, but yeah, yeah I'm that's hard. Stay in my own zone that weekend. I think. Yeah. Boston's a good race. Logistically, it's kind of tricky because you don't even start till like 10 a.m yeah so you have to like show up at the buses at like 7 a.m mm-hmm. you gotta wait in line to get on the bus then you're on like a 45 minute bus ride yeah and then you're waiting outside and this last year was raining so we're just sitting in the rain Freezing. in the grass for yeah like, it's like two hours i think uh and then finally you gotta like walk a mile to the start line oh my gosh. and then you run the race that's like that's like the race started yeah. and then you have a whole other race to do it's, after. It's so much just to get to the start line. Yeah. Um, but it's so cool. Like, I mean, this year it was, it rained pretty much the whole time. And literally from the start all the way to mile 26 to the finish, there were just people lined up on the side spectating. Even exactly. out in the rain, it was so cool. Yeah. And you ran two, what did you do for that 252. One? The goal yeah. was 250. Okay. Uh, I had That's like an incredible. injury and stuff and yeah. training and... Um, it's definitely a tough course, but you can run it. I mean, that's where the American record was set yeah. by Ryan Hall. So it, it can be a really fast course if you if you 
you gotta do it strategically. Well. Yeah. yeah, that's the, that's the goal. We have a um, a simulator course that we'll do during training here in Austin. Here in Austin, oh, I should yeah, that. yeah. So yeah, you can do it this this spring if you want. Um, even though you're not running Boston, but yeah, we'll we'll be able to have you know some good indicators of what it will be like on race day, which is good. Which is also why I'm glad I did New York to figure out the logistics. Because it's a similar yeah. style of race where you're taking the bus or the ferry and then you're sitting around and waiting. Right. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. I mostly just want to have a happy, healthy training cycle. Yeah. That's I think the goal. that's one of the I think that's more of a win than hitting a PR. Totally. A race. It's just like getting to the race healthy, getting all your workouts in. Right. And then uh, if you get your PR or hit a, your goal time, it's like that's just cherry that's, on top. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. Extra credit. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it seems like you're. You're just like super intentional with your training, mm -hmm. like not just picking the races and, and like the actual um, like methods of training, I guess, but like with strength training, and mm -hmm. nutrition, all this stuff. It seems like you're just really dialed in and intentional with everything. Yeah. Where does where does all that come from? Um, I guess it comes back to celebrating our bodies with exercise and not taking anything for granted. I think also with my background, I am a certified personal trainer. Um, I don't train clients one-on-one, -on -one, but my background is in strength. So I just know how important it is, especially coming from somebody who was like a cardio person back in the day. Like we thought cardio was like the only way and it's just not, that's one surefire way to get burnt out. So I think the intentionality comes from not taking my body for granted, but also understanding the body and knowing that I'm not going to be as good of a runner if I'm not doing my strength training um, I'm not going to be as good with strength if I'm not also doing the things I enjoy, which include running and other cardio and, and whatnot. So I think it's been a long time coming to finally have that intentional balance, but it just feels really good. And I think being intentional with it can look different for different people. Right. So it doesn't have to look exactly like my schedule or my training, but I've also just found what works and what feels good. And that's important. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's so unique and different. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel like, uh, do you prefer strength training over running? Or do you do hour preference? Not really. I would say right now running, but like at the end of a training cycle, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to lift really heavy. Yeah. But I've never been like, I'm a dumbbell gal. Like I'm not like, you know, I'll go to the squat rack every once in a while. Um, so I'm not like super into like the lifting PRs or anything. Right. But I just enjoy the switch up. And I think that's my favorite thing is just having variety in my training. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Right now, though, I definitely prefer a run. Yeah. Like nothing clears your head quite like a run. Yeah. Yeah. I always say running is good for your mind and lifting is good for your body. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. I don't really ever feel like I've cleared my mind after a strength training session. Maybe in a different way. Like I'm in a better mood, maybe just because I had some time to myself. But you're thinking more during strength training, kind yeah. of your reps or whatever. Yeah. Whereas running, you just let it rip. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. Cause yeah. when you're strength training, like you're going from exercise, to exercise, and you're right. focused on your form and counting your reps and totally. everything. Interesting. I never yeah. thought about, I always try to figure out like why exactly. I think it's with, with lifting. You just have so much more mental stimulus. Totally. Yeah. With running, it's just like, there is no mental stimulus. You're yeah. just running. You just go. Yeah. And I always think it's so cool. My, my husband thinks I'm silly for saying this, but I think about running. I'm like, running is like one of those sports that you literally don't need a single thing except your body. And you can do it. And obviously there's like body weight, strength training and all of that too. But I don't know. There's something to that. Yeah. Do you listen to music when you run? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I kind of want to become somebody who doesn't. <laughs> do you? No. Okay. My coach doesn't either. I just, 
Yeah, I like podcasts. I like a mix. Yeah. I will say, though, when I'm running with my group, I never listen to music. And there's times in there where, you know, I'm not chatting. I'm just kind of like in the back of the pack right. there for the ride. And it's actually really peaceful. So the nice thing about, you know, like, do you wear the Shox headphones? I have some, yeah. I've yeah. heard of a few times. I can like turn them off. And sometimes I'll start my run and just like have them on in case I want to turn on music. Right. Um, but I would definitely say I listen to something. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely subjective. Mm -hmm. Like I think whatever allows you to get the runs in. Wait, so do you run the marathon without any music? Mm -hmm. That is wild. Do you Except, run, you, you race with music too? I do. Or podcast or something? And music. Oh, I always, like anytime I'm doing some sort of speed or trying to hit a certain pace, it's always music. Because I feel like the podcast would slow me down. Do you feel like the tempo of the music, like the, the different BPM can uh, no. mess with your stride at all? No. Really? I think if anything, like it would maybe get me a little bit too fast. But now that I've like, now that I've like figured out my body and my, right. my paces, I don't really have that issue. But I do know, like I'll get DMs, like, how do you listen to this while you're running? I always end up running too fast. And there is like a playlist on Spotify that's called BPM. Oh, right. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. And it, it does like your cadence or whatever. I don't know. Definitely look that. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for me, cause for me, running is always uh, like a mental thing. Mm -hmm. And so I like, it's like meditative to just go out and not have to think about anything or have yeah. stimulus because if like i'm on my phone or a screen or I always have some kind of stimulus so it's nice to just get a little break from that right well and do you find that hard with our jobs like sometimes i'm like do i want to film my yeah. content on my run today or do i want this run to be yeah just a run you know yeah definitely i think it is uh but at the same time like that you know 30 second clip i take of myself right. running of the hour that I'm running. Totally. It's such a small percentage. Right. That I might carry my phone with me, but like. You're not sitting there scrolling. Right. Yeah. I actually yeah. just made a video. It was for a partnership and I was talking about going for a run or a walk and reasons why I love it. And I was saying like, it's time that you're not sitting there scrolling on your phone. And I'm saying this like as I'm on my phone recording a video. But I was like, obviously those aren't the same. Right. You know, it's so different to be sitting there mindlessly scrolling versus like outside or on the treadmill yeah there's always gonna be comments like that or something yeah i've like because i see those videos all the time where it's talking about like get off your phone go outside mm -hmm. they're like oh you're on your phone right now well you're, how'd you make the video yeah. <laughs> it's like that's defeats the purpose yeah it's like you're you're getting it out to the world like you're sharing a positive message so. right yes yeah. for sure the comments are a wild place right. oh my god do you get some crazy ones i get some crazy comments people are mean is it girls usually um, it's usually people with like a fake username and no followers. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but there were on my TikTok and on my fitness page. Really? They're not as bad on the running account. Do you, um, you start doing more YouTube stuff I saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you post shorts on YouTube? You know, I'm trying. It's definitely a great method right now. I feel yeah. like, especially when Instagram feels slow, like that's when you should hit hard on yeah. the extras like YouTube shorts. Um, but I haven't seen like a ton of success with them. I haven't had one go viral yet. Like the most I've gotten is like 60,000 views yeah. on one. Do you, you gotta, do it? Yeah, you gotta keep posting. I got, yeah, I need to. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, you're already making the content, right? Just to repost it. Yeah, just yeah. post it on that platform. Yeah. Um, and you hit a whole new audience. Right. And uh, I feel like the, it seems like the engagement on YouTube is higher in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, I was thinking of it as this big funnel where you yeah. have the short content it's going to hit a much wider audience and then you funnel those people into like a podcast or long form right. vlogs or something. Mm -hmm. um, but 
Yeah, you, I was, I was going to say YouTube comments are the meanest. Are they? Okay, it's, yeah, I haven't... I don't know why. What Something about YouTube. People are just ruthless on I, there. I think people can hide a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Because you don't go to their profile and, like, see their photos or... I don't know. I just feel like right. it's a little bit different. So I think people hide behind their screens more, which is yeah. really sad. If anybody comments something really mean, it depends on what mood I'm in. But sometimes they'll take the time to respond back and be like, I hope that you're okay. <laughs> I hope that you have a better day today yeah. and whatever. Because obviously somebody's just going through something. Anybody yeah. listening to this that's gotten bullied on Instagram or whatever, it's not about you. It's about the person that's commenting. Yeah, it's just a, a reflection of their their inner struggles they're having most likely. Totally. Yeah, I will actually, now that you said that, I've gotten a few strange comments on my YouTube, but it's usually like nothing, nothing crazy. But it's also just an interesting world of like, there's people who are like diehard YouTube people, Yeah. you know, and they are just there to, and for whatever they, yeah. they want to see or what they believe in. Yeah. But yeah, I do need to keep up <laughs> with the shorts. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, you said you do TikTok too? Yeah. Yeah, my TikTok is a little, I don't really promote it that much though. That one's more um, fitness focused as far as like dumbbell workouts. And that one is actually um, my, what I do for a full-time job is fitness coaching on a lap called Ladder. And they actually use my TikTok to promote my workout program. So it's not very much like, like I'll post my running content there, but it's definitely like you'd go to it and be, you'd be like, who is this person? It just is a different persona then my Instagram because you have two Instagrams I'm I want to ask you Instagrams this. yeah and they both have over 100k followers mm -hmm. I think right yeah yeah so my Nicole and winter underscore underscore drives me nuts but there's another Nicole and winter on Instagram who's not active <laughs> I yeah. hate that I actually I DM her I'm like hi like who does she, she's probably like who does this girl think she is that she can just DM me and ask for my own name like yeah whatever <laughs> Anyway, does she want like ten thousand dollars or well, something? Well, that's the thing. I would be happy to pay for the username because it's my business. Yeah. Um, but she never responded, and I don't oh. think she's active on Instagram. That's so. And funny. I had I actually had a friend who works at Facebook like email them. Oh really? Um, and they just yeah. Oh, that's so it's okay. We have an underscore. <laughs> I've been trying to get Jeremy Miller. Yeah. And this guy, he's like a tattoo artist with like fifty followers. Or oh something. my gosh. And I've asked him several times. I'll check in like every couple of years. I'm like, yeah. Hey, you want to sell it to me? And it keeps going up every time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Does he respond? Uh, he, he responds at least. Okay. The first time, this was like four or five years ago, like when I first started doing stuff. And he's like, it's going to be 500 bucks. And I was like, Instagram doesn't matter that much. I should have taken it. From you should have taken it. Because now it's he's like 50,000. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> You're like, dude, I, that's like my future child's yeah. college education. <laughs> it's people are wild. That's crazy. Is what it is. Anyways, yeah. you have two Instagrams. I have two Instagrams. I got started on Instagram on that Nicole on Winter. It used to be my Nicole and Roush username, which was my maiden name. Um, and I started posting during COVID home-friendly workouts, and that took off. Um, so I think I went into COVID with like 5,000 followers. Dang. And I've been at this for a long time. Like back in the day in when I ran my first half marathon in 2017, I was a nanny full-time because my husband, boyfriend at the time, lived down here in Austin. I was still in Michigan. I wanted a flexible job to like be able to come visit him whenever I wanted. So I started blogging. And it went nowhere. I like had a website, didn't know a thing about SEO or using advertising, whatever. Tried to match it with my Instagram. It was a mess. So finally, I you know found my niche, which is what everybody's so obsessed with, with growing an Instagram. Found my niche of posting accessible workouts. And that kind of took off during COVID. And then I, when I started training for Houston, I was posting so much about my marathon training on that account. 
And that was when my engagement was starting to really dip on that mm. account. And I was just like, these people don't want to see running content. These are the people that left cardio to come and finally understand that strength training won't make you bulky and it's good for you and, you know, all these things. So I'm like, why don't I just like try to see what happens with a new account? And at that time, it was like adorable. Like I'd post one photo of my run, kind of like Strava. I would basically right. use it as Strava to like document the runs that I would go on. Um, and then reels, I started posting reels and it just kind of like became a thing. So I didn't really have the intention of starting Nicole and Runs as a business. It was really for myself and I could like, you know, bring people over to bat from my Nicole and Winter page to say like, oh yeah, I am training for a marathon. If you're interested in that type of content, it's over here. Yeah. Um, That's so smart. But yes, but now it's a problem because I feel like I have two different identities on Instagram <laughs> and I'm like, okay, do I post like this past week was the prime example. We were away on a vacation and I'm like, okay, I already posted this to Nicole on Winter, but like I have a different following on Nicole and Run. So do I post <laughs> the same thing? Like I'll collab, yeah. like the more personal stuff, I'll do like a collab post. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, which is nice, but yeah, it's difficult to balance the two. I definitely love my running account more and my community there. No offense to my Nicole and Winter followers, <laughs> but the community is just so much more engaged. And I feel like I know my followers on that account. Um, so yeah, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. That's for sure. Dang. Yeah. How do you go about balancing the content? Like that's, I feel like that's, I mean, I struggle. It's a lot to just have one account yeah. to post to every day. Um, do you post to both every day no. or how do, how do you go about that? I feel like I actually, I don't go about it. I'm trying to figure <laughs> it out. The nice thing is I have to strength train anyway. I have to run anyway. Right. I'm not like setting aside separate time to film, which is maybe in some cases I am, but I just try to film whenever I'm strength training. I try to film whenever I'm running so that I have content. Um, I, of course, make sure I have the times, you know, where I'm phone free or just enjoying my workout for the sake of the workout. But it's definitely difficult. I would say I post on Nicole and Runs at least five days a week. And right now I'm maybe averaging three times a week for Nicole and Winter. That's still pretty good. But it's hard to like that account completely dipped in engagement and I'll post and it's like crickets. So it's just kind of hard. Like we talked about this. You don't want to post for the engagement, but it's hard when it feels like nobody's, yeah. it's like, what am I posting this for? And that right. content just doesn't resonate as, as much right now. So it's like back to that combo of like creating content that you enjoy and what you love that falls into the running category. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a difficult balance, but 2024, it's like my goal to be back into like a routine, have that time set aside to film, have like a schedule and try to stick with it the best I can. Yeah. Do you do you write out like a weekly schedule? Like, okay, these are the posts I'm going to do this week. Or is it just like kind of on a day-to-day -day thing? It's kind of day-to-day. -day. I guess I'll look at like my mm -hmm. week of workouts ahead and say like, okay, these are the ones that I want to film. These are the workouts that I'm going to do that are dumbbell only. Because I really try to focus on like the dumbbell body weight stuff for that fitness account. Um, my niche user for my workout app is like more beginner friendly yeah shy girl workout type of thing. Um, so that's kind of the content that I focus on. So yeah, I don't necessarily like look at my week and say like, okay, these are the content pillars for the week. And here's what I'm posting on these days. Right. I usually will, and maybe you do this too. Like if you have a sponsored post, I like to make sure I have enough content in between. Mm -hmm. That's like good quality, authentic content. Obviously the sponsored stuff is always authentic too, but I'll plan out those weeks a little bit more, I guess, just to make sure it's not like three sponsored posts. Right. in a row yeah. after not posting for five days or yeah. whatever yeah yeah you don't want to be like a billboard yeah or just like because it 
the sponsored posts, like they can be genuine and you, know, mm-hmm. like, you can do your best to make them, but at the end of the day, people always know you're getting paid you're getting to paid. do it. Yeah, it's an ad. You got to put hashtag ad on it, so. <laughs> a new one, yeah. I have to put the hashtag on the screen in the reel. And oh, I'm really? like, this was not in the original contract. Is that for certain brands that request that? Y- yeah, there's like one specifically. I'll oh, let really? you go to the feed and figure out which <laughs> one it is. Interesting. But I'm like, you know that this is going to make less people see the post, right? Like yeah. it's, and it's hard because I know everybody has to follow their, as a FTC guidelines or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that one's always a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had that yet. Yeah. But. Yes. Yeah, even just like putting hashtag ad in the description or yeah, yeah, having to like dings engagement. Yeah, and it and I it. Yeah, I think it's a turnoff for people to see exactly, especially when it has to be in the first line or whatever of right. the of the post. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot to juggle. So mm-hmm. basically, a post or more per day you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mostly reels. It seems like I, you sprinkle in some photos, but it seems like it's mostly reels. Mostly reels. I think carousels are making a comeback. Because Instagram is basically doing whatever TikTok does. And you know, you're on TikTok, right? I post on TikTok, okay. but I post in Ghost. Okay. I don't engage with anything. Yeah. That's kind of how I am too. But I hate TikTok. <laughs> I know. TikTok is like, it stresses me out. Yeah. It, that's a whole different ballgame. But TikTok now came up, they like had this update, I think it was like a year ago, where you can post a carousel on TikTok. I've seen that. And so now that TikTok is making it cool again, Instagram is following so I think I want to get back into doing, you know, like a photo dump or whatever, at least once a week. Um, but Reels is just the best way, I feel like, to yeah. reach. Yeah, because it's, I mean, when people are scrolling, it's usually on the Reels feed. Right. So it's higher higher percentage of somebody seeing it, yeah. higher chance. And that's what I like to film. them. Like, I like creating that content the most. So that's just, yeah. which is funny because when Reels first came out, I was like, what is this? Yeah. This is the last thing I want. <laughs> And now I love it. So yeah, I feel like the carousel posts are that's that's where like the relatability can come in. I mm-hmm. think because it's more authentic or like uh, more human. Yeah, more. Um, well, I guess more human is the right word. Because uh, with reels, it can be edited music, and it's like can be produced in a way. But with a yeah. carousel post, like just photos, you can't like right can't overdo that really. Yeah, I guess I agree. Yeah, I think they're fun to see. I like seeing what people come up with to post a carousel. Yeah, I don't know, but the reels are fun. Do you make separate content specifically for TikTok or is it the same stuff you put on Instagram too? Usually like whenever I'm posting on TikTok, it's like the same stuff that I pull from Instagram. And then TikTok, I do a lot more clickbait content, which I don't love, but it's unfortunately (laughs) what works. Um, And like I said, I, that's like kind of my sole thing. I, I obviously promote my workout program on Instagram too, but TikTok is where I feel like I get the most of my trialers and members to get into my workout program. So yeah, I kind of do a mix and I actually have somebody with Louder that posts on TikTok for me, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, But whenever I do a running stuff, I'll always post it to TikTok. I'll change the text that it's like coming from TikTok instead of Instagram text or whatever. Um, Like the text on the screen? Yeah. You know, like I don't save it in CapCut. I'll like put the text on the, the screen in TikTok because they're really weird about that. Instagram likes the text from cap cutter slice what do you use to edit i use final cut pro okay so yeah same thing like you can use that text on instagram and it won't ding you but if i were to download from cap cut or final cut pro and post that to tiktok really? it no i just like no somehow yeah interesting i always wondered that people i'm sure people still have stuff go viral by doing that but i don't know 
just one of those things. Interesting. Yeah. Do you find uh, that if a video does good on one platform, it does get on another one? Or do they kind of seem to line up at all? Sometimes I feel like often it's like my run vlogs where I'm talking to the camera. Right. Those ones usually will take off on one platform and then I know they will on the other. But sometimes it's really hit or miss. I just feel like TikTok likes different content than Instagram does. In yeah. shorts, I have no freaking clue <laughs> what's going on over there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I definitely don't understand TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody ever will. It's honestly insane. Yeah. And I, the things that you find, it's honestly good that you go ghost after you post because the people on TikTok are wild. It's like the most unhinged platform, but it's also the most authentic, I think, in that way. Really? So I don't know. Maybe just spend 20 minutes on TikTok and see oh, what happens. I feel like I'm afraid I'm going to... This is why I post TikTok, because I yeah. know it's going to hook me in. Yeah. It's like I spend too much time scrolling because it on like Instagram or YouTube because it knows what I want to see. Right. The algorithms are too good. I know they're too good. And run talk is like a big thing. You'll get sucked in. So maybe down. Yeah. Oh, that's what, okay. That's what you, it's like, there's like sourdough talk or yep. like lift talk, yep. whatever. Okay. That's what you call it. Yeah. Right Which terms, I guess but... like, you don't really say like run gram or like fitness gram. Yeah. You would say like fitness IG or whatever, but yeah, it's all run talk. Anything okay. that you want to know about, add talk to the end and search yeah. it and it'll come up. Yeah. I've seen people like Brie will use TikTok as like a search engine. Yeah. To like find, she's like making some recipe or like, yes. she's like stuff to do in Austin. And like, how'd you find that? She's like, I just looked it up Google on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, or Google TikTok. Search down on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know you can use it like that. No, it's crazy. <laughs> I feel like a boomer. <laughs> Look up, I know, I actually do too. My mom called the other day and she's like, oh, I just like spent three hours cleaning the tiles in the bathroom. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, Lauren told me um, about this TikTok about cleaning and da da da. It like apparently <laughs> makes like the grout between the tiles like brand new again. And I'm like, well, you were on TikTok, mom? She's like, no, Lauren just taught me how to do it. And I was talking, Lauren's my cousin. And she was like, yeah, you just search like bathroom cleaning hacks on TikTok. It's crazy. That's so funny. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, for as, as negative as people talk about social media. It can be useful. It can be very useful and positive. Yeah. I feel like your account is such a good example. Of that. Thank you. It's yeah. Like, it's just it's positive, inspirational content, informational. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure people like, they watch you not just for like the entertainment of like watching you train and run and stuff, but like, cause you have information and like you're showing your workouts and it's, it's very informative. Too. Right. Yeah. I think also it's, it can be a tricky balance of like having an Instagram brain or a TikTok brain because I talked yeah. about like the more clickbait content on TikTok. I brought the clickbait to my running account just to see what would happen. I was honestly curious as far as like an engagement standpoint goes and I posted about what I think is toxic in the running community. And it was run streaks. And people were not happy with me really? at all. People were very upset. And I felt terrible because I think the word toxic really triggered people. But it's like from a marketing standpoint and from the standpoint of your job, those are like the words that are like the clickbait. Like, yeah. And it, I, hate it. I, I hated that I posted that. Like I regretted it immediately. But I was like, you know what? I'm also a people pleaser. So I was like, I need to flex this muscle of like saying my opinion and just leaving it. And this will be a thing of the past. And now, of course, I'm resurfacing it. But I felt terrible about it. And now I've noticed after posting that people are like really negative these days in their posts. Like this is what not to do. Or I hate when people are doing this or I don't know. I just feel like it's become very negative. And my goal is always for it to be like the positive focus yeah. instead 
And I like think back to that post all the time. I'm surprised I haven't <laughs> deleted it yet. And I'm like, why did I bring that negativity right. to the, like I could have spun it as this is why rest is important, you know? And right. I didn't. And that's obviously we, you know, sometimes have to make these little mistakes to figure out the right yeah. way to go about things. <laughs> did that video do well to the kind of, it did, not really no. like it did okay it wasn't worth nothing is worth virality ever yeah. and that wasn't like the goal to post it. i was just kind of like testing to see how the audience would respond it definitely was like more viewers from people scrolling than followers so i guess it was good in that standpoint of like reaching new people right. but i offended a lot of people i think no matter where you're always gonna offend somebody you're always like yeah you can't ever be right and obviously you just have to pay attention to what feels best and authentic for you and stand firm to that but yeah yeah have you ever uh i think i saw people talking about you on there it's there's like a reddit for running influencers have you found that before yeah yeah oh my gosh i haven't seen it have you seen a negative post about uh i I looked at it once and it was like a few months ago okay and i I don't remember like what it said specifically about you but i remember seeing your name and i was like because somebody told me about it because people were accusing me of being on like steroids or something. I'm oh like, my gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so there's this whole thread about these people talking. They're not running influencers. They're mm. people talking about running influencers. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, why does this exist? Yeah. Reddit people are savage. I I did look up Reddit after because I had another friend in the running space. She was talking about how like, why are people so mean out of Reddit? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look myself up on Reddit, which is the worst idea ever. <laughs> But I saw somebody um, wrote, like, how did Nicole and run well with Tay, which is my friend Taylor, who ran Eugene with me. Mm-hmm. They're like, how were they running so slow during their training? And they both just busted out like a 745 oh marathon. Gosh. And I'm like, and somebody like was like, you have to run easy to run fast and da da da. Like yeah. they like explained all of it in a comment back. And I was like, OK, that's not bad. Like <laughs> right. I think somebody else was like upset that I got to do Chicago and New York. But I qualified for Chicago yeah. and then New York was, you know, a work opportunity that I couldn't mess up. So that was like the most negative. Dang. Yeah. Don't get sucked into. Yeah. <laughs> I think the comments and stuff like that can be good, though, because it's, it's good feedback. Right. Yeah. But I think you just have to have thick skin when you're reading it. Right. And know that if if there's negative stuff, that like you can't take it personally. Yeah. And you just have to let it roll off. Yeah. yeah. Do you think uh, for people that like want to get into context, it seems like so many people are trying to do it now. Yeah. I've heard you mention niche a few times. Do you feel like you have to have a niche to really grow uh, a channel? Fortunately, I kind of think you do, which sucks. Maybe some people can speak on it who have done it and don't have a niche. I'm sure there's people out there that have. But I think it just gives people a very clear idea of what they can expect by following you. And I think you can use other avenues to, you know, branch out. Obviously, we're human beings. We have so many different things about us. Like running is not all that I have, but I'm able to share that like in my stories and in long form content on YouTube. Like, you know, there's other avenues to bring all that extra stuff in. And of course, once you have a loyal following, I think you can dabble in more, but I really kind of feel like the niche really does help. Yeah, I I totally agree. Once I started posting specifically running content and or just like fitness in general, that's when everything started to grow. Right. Because it, I mean, you look at any big channel or or uh account like they have a thing like that you associate them with right it's like either lifting or running or nutrition or right sourdough bread i keep saying sourdough because sourdough we're, 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 we're on like sourdough? yeah <laughs> we're on the sourdough thing right okay. now so my whole feed i watched one sourdough video oh my gosh that's my whole feed but um He's because be sourdough that, that, that exact reason though is because you go to that account because 
they have that thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is unfortunate because I agree it shouldn't have to be that way, but that's the algorithm. I don't even think Instagram and TikTok do it on purpose. I don't even think they're in charge of their algorithm at this point, but that's yeah. just kind of the way the way it works. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's how people work, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Even like, I mean, if you go back, I don't know, like he, Fred that lives down the street, it's like, oh, he make shoes yeah <laughs> it's like everybody has like a thing right or that guy's garage is filled with like the coolest lawn care yeah or, like lawn gear or whatever like you right. do you find something that you have in common yeah. and that's kind of like what bonds you to that person and i don't think that's a bad thing yeah so what do you do outside of just the content and running so you're, is ladder kind of your main income source yeah well kind of i i like to split it into thirds so Ladder is my fitness program. Well, it's called Move Well is my fitness program on the Ladder app. Um, that's like my one full-time job. And then both Instagram accounts, I feel like count as my other two full-time jobs because I do sponsored content, collaborations, et cetera. Um, and I have an amazing manager, Erin. She's incredible. She's is it Erin Bailey? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's the best. She is who keeps me in check with all of my Instagram things. Um, but then outside of that, I feel like, this is such a lame excuse. I've just been so busy lately. I feel like I've kind of lost myself and the things that are fun for me. And that's kind of the goal, you know, to get those things back. But I have two dogs that keep me plenty busy. Um, I have a cat. My husband keeps me plenty busy. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I like lots of coffee dates with friends, going for walks. Um, I'm a big reader. I've been big on like the read before bed instead of Netflix. Yeah. And the mindless scrolling. And I'll put my phone in the bathroom to charge and leave it off my nightstand and read before bed. And it's been like the best thing ever. That's great. Um, what do you read? Fiction. Uh, have you heard of Fourth Wing? Is that... Oh, I, I, I have a feeling because Brie's into this stuff. Okay. It's a, is it like the fantasy? Yes. What is it called? Yeah. Smut? Is it smut? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except actually everybody's talking about, about the smut in Fourth Wing, but there's really only like, it's not that crazy. Anyway, great book. Yeah, she said it's like two chapters per book. Like it's like only a couple. Yeah. Yes. That it's it gets kind of dirty. Right. Yeah. No, people are very into this. That's actually another thing. Bring it back to TikTok, book talk. There's like smut talk. I don't know. Either way. But yeah, I've heard very great talk about this. Yeah. I need to read I just got a book. It's I think it's called The Mind Gut Connection. Because I'm trying to know. just I'm very into like wellness yep. and um again not taking my body for granted. So I'm trying to read more like also informative self help learning type of books on top of the the mindless fiction because yeah. i'm like at the end of the day i think reading is probably better than watching netflix but i'm still like in this like fantasy land right. you know i don't know yeah it's but, a different f format of right turning your brain off to yeah just, like yeah which is important i think oh, i mean yeah. that's why we like movies right um it's like watching a like a marvel movie versus like a documentary right like you don't really have to think too much about one yeah but the other one you might get something out of there's yeah. there's a time and place for both of them I, like. I agree yeah. yeah but yeah other than that i'm not and like you said at the beginning i'm really just your average i meant like, that in the best way <laughs> no i agree with you though that's like what i'm like leaning into that and i yeah. that's like what who i am right. yeah i mean it's not like you live in like i don't know like the some like penthouse in new york city yeah. and you drive like a uh i don't know a lamborghini and yeah. you're like the typical influencer not me like and it's just so unrelatable <laughs> with the fake lips exactly uh, yeah right. not me yeah which nothing's wrong with that but just well, to add yeah <laughs> i'll uh, i'll reserve my words yeah, you um, can save that for later what is a what's a typical so you're obviously into health and wellness right and i know nutrition's a big part of your 
your lifestyle. What mm-hmm. does like a typical day of eating look like? Maybe like during peak marathon training. Yeah. And then just like on a regular day, say a rest day or something. Yeah. I feel like they're not any different on rest days versus workout days. Um, I'm probably a little bit more focused during the workout days just to make sure I'm eating enough. Um, but like, let's say I have a workout in the morning, I'll wake up and have either toast with peanut butter or like a freezer waffle, um, sometimes oats and some fruit, which apparently you shouldn't have fruit before a long run. Is it because like the fiber? Yeah, but that's never, I, you shouldn't. I shouldn't say that because there's obviously no right or wrong. You have to do what works best for your body. Everybody eats bananas. Yeah, I'll do bananas sometimes. It just kind of depends on what we have. Um, that'll be like my pre-run snack. And then if I'm going directly from the run to strength train, I'll pack like a protein bar or something. Um, and then I'll come home and have like my real breakfast. So I'll usually make a smoothie, just like a protein smoothie with like spinach and berries. Because I'm usually not hungry right after a run. Yeah. Are you hungry right away? Never. Yeah. So I, like, I just want milk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're a big milk guy. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I'm not a milk person. Um, nothing's wrong with you. It's great for you. Um, but I'll have the a smoothie and then like shower or whatever. And then I'll usually make I really love breakfast tacos or avocado toast. Usually something with egg and some sort of carb and fat like avocado. Um, and then for lunch... I'm like, I'm not a big creature of habit. Like I like to always have something different. So I'm not a big meal prep person. I'll usually have like, I don't know. I'll make like chicken salad a lot. Um, We do Snap Kitchen. Have you heard of Snap Kitchen? I don't think so. Okay. It's like a Texas. I think they're actually all over now, but it's like meals like prepped to your door type of thing. And you just throw them in the microwave. We've also done factor meals, which are like freezer meals. Um, So I'll do something like easy like that. And then for dinner, I usually, Alec is like really into like when I cook dinner, like he, we're very into like the traditional roles. So I'm always the cook for dinner and that's like, yeah, that's like our time to like, he appreciates it so much. We sit down and have dinner together. So I always try to do something different for dinner, but we're big, like salmon people. Um, we love Mexican food. My signature dish is Mexican lasagna, but it's, I've heard it's just called an enchilada skillet. But I was like trying to get creative with the name because you like layer everything with yeah. you to lasagna. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm also a really big snacker. Like I like to have salty like chips or like crackers and hummus. But I'm very like, I would say I eat pretty healthy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Overall. Yeah, yeah, I'm very much like make sure you have a protein. I, pro- I try to pack like four different vegetables into our dinner no matter what. Um, and I'm not afraid to eat a ton. That's like, awesome. I eat a lot. And it's the same on a rest day, I feel like. Yeah. But maybe I'm just not as like, I don't need to have like the toast and the protein bar before breakfast because right. I'm not going for a workout. Yeah, I think for me, that eating is my favorite part about running. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts yeah. is, is you you really could not eat enough, mm-hmm. especially in like peak marathon training when you're training for like 10 plus hours a week. Yeah. It can be like, you, I think you're almost always going to be in a deficit. Oh yeah, you're a bottomless pit. Yeah. I, one day after a 20 mile long run, I was curious how many calories I consume, not to like stop myself, but I was genuinely like, okay, I want to just, anytime I eat, see how much this is and like add it up at the end of the day. And I think I had eaten like 4,000 some calories. <laughs> Probably, I think it was more than that because I didn't track like everything right. perfectly. But I'm like, this is normal. And yeah. that's something too that's really hard um, in the fitness space is making sure women know that they can eat. It's not going to kill you. It's actually going to only benefit you. 
Um, and I think it's all about finding foods, you know, that make you feel good, that help your training. Um, there's certain things that like, I know I can't eat because I won't feel well. Um, and one of them is like kale cause it makes my stomach hurt, but that's a prime example of something that's like so healthy that usually people would say like definitely include kale in your diet, but right. all about finding what, yeah. what works for you. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest thing, especially the nutrition, everybody's mm-hmm. stomachs and palates and everything is so different for, for each person. So just experimenting. I mean, some people thrive yeah. on like meat only like carnivore or like plant-based or uh, whatever i think the biggest thing i find is just whole foods more than yeah. anything like it sounds like that's what you do yep i was gonna say good whole foods yeah less as little processed foods as possible i would say yeah. like the most processed i get is like when i have like you know a protein bar which is basically just a candy bar that's the yeah. type <laughs> um and then obviously like i don't know if you would count protein powder i don't know where that falls but i also it's a healthy love, processed food. yeah yeah I also love like chips and salsa in bed. I don't know what it is. Anytime like Alec and I, once we get in bed for the night, we're like, why oh, does chips and salsa sound really good? I'll wake up with like chip crumbs yeah. and we need to make it a rule. No eating in bed only because of like, I don't want, I like clean sheets. Yeah. I don't need like salsa. That's my pillowcase. Yeah. Um, Do you guys use the Siete chips? Yes. Oh, they're I so good. We, and I actually use their tortillas for oh, anytime yeah. we do Mexican food because I feel like they just cook really well. They're definitely a little bit more fragile, I feel like, than yeah. the normal. Because they're gluten-free, I think. Yeah. 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 They're Austin. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Austin company. Yeah. yeah they're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. Now I'm hungry thinking. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I have no no restrictions. I love that. Uh, like, I, I also, like, I drink a decent amount, usually not during training, but I'm not somebody who's also, like, absolutely no alcohol, although I do cut back significantly yeah um during training so yeah there's there's a balance of moderation mm-hmm. to everything yeah because you have to you have to enjoy still but then you know what's best for your body and obviously when you're training during peak summer in austin yeah. including alcohol in your diet is not the smartest choice <laughs> you're already <laughs> dehydrated as it is have you um, uh have you listened to that podcast from huberman on alcohol okay. everyone's obsessed with him now it's crazy i saw okay. him the other day at sunlight did you organics yeah okay i need to listen to that whenever i go through phases of not drinking i'll download an audiobook that's like a sober book there's one that i really love it's called sunshine warm sober i think she named it that because she talks about how people always say stone cold sober like it's a bad oh, thing yeah. um and it's so fun to listen to and remind yourself that like at the end of the day it is poison so take yeah. that with or take that for what you will but yeah. i'll have to listen to that episode. it's so good because okay. he he says that exact thing he's mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna lay out all the information all the facts from yeah. a scientific standpoint yeah take it as you will he's like i'm not going to tell you to not drink but you should be aware at least yeah of, like what it does to your body and right he literally says it's like it's just poison yeah i i can't remember where i read this but it was like alcohol is the one i don't know if they use the word drug or whatever but like the one thing that people are like surprised when you say no yeah and it's a wild that's been a journey for me for sure it's like yeah. when i decide not to drink and somebody's like no just have one or whatever i'm like no like why is this the one thing that people give pushback on it's so you know weird. yeah it is wild but dr mark hyman do you know him? sounds really familiar yeah he just posted another thing i think this was like yesterday he did a post on it like any study that you see about alcohol being good for you is funded by yeah. that you know yeah um but yeah that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Yeah. I usually just tell people, I got this from a friend. I had him on the podcast. He, he does like a whole, he's like marath- marathon of sobriety is his Instagram. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, he's based up in Canada. But he, I got this idea from him is just tell people you're allergic to alcohol. Yeah. I don't even know if that's possible. Yeah. I think it, I think it is, but, especially if there's like only certain things 
I don't know, beer has gluten in it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like little, I don't know, you can spin things that way. Yeah. But I also, too, I'm like, you have to enjoy your life also. Exactly. And like, if you want to let loose and have a drink, go for it. Yeah. But I do think it it's eye-opening to realize like, okay, is it worth it today? Maybe not. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What about, uh, actually, you said in there that sometimes you'll go from a run straight into strength training. Mm-hmm. How often do you do that? All the time. Really? Because if I don't, then I won't do my strength training. So you just block off like like multiple hours for the day like mm-hmm. after a train and then I'm done. And then I'm done. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do this. My favorite day is Wednesday because I do speed workouts with my coach, with my run group. Um, and that's at 530 a.m. So I feel like it's like the perfect. I'm up earlier than maybe I would be if I were running myself. And that's done, let's say, by 730 at the latest. And I go to the gym usually just a 30 minute workout, but with like driving there and you know, whatever, I'll get home by eight 30 and start work by nine. So it's still, it's not putting me back that much. I'll also like a lot of times I'll plan to go right away, but I'll either be like too sweaty. I need to come home and shower and change, or I'm anxious about like getting a work thing done. So I'll go in the afternoon, but I have to like really force myself to go later because it's like when you're in the zone for the workout like let's just get it all done with at once i probably will have a more quality lift session if i went later to have a second to like calm down after the run i don't know it just works for me it's kind of like along the lines of habit stacking yeah like if i just get it done i know i'll actually do it versus waiting to do it but it just depends on the day i'm definitely not perfect at always doing it at once but do you have a break in between yeah i usually run in the mornings first thing and then lift like four in the afternoon. Okay. But I have the home gym though, so it's it's much more convenient. Yeah. yeah. I just literally walk down there, which is nice. Yeah, I can't wait to have that. Um, all the goal. Yeah. It's okay. I do sometimes miss being in a gym environment though. Like yeah. even if I'm not if I don't know anybody there, right. just being around people can mm-hmm. be nice. I just yeah. get bored by myself down there sometimes. I think you're also more motivated. Like you drove yeah. all the way to the gym, you're there, like get a good quality workout in. Whereas right. if you're home, you're like, oh, I could go change the laundry right now. I could, yeah. like there's so many other things. So yeah. I, I do agree. It's nice to be in the gym setting. But also I would love to have a garage gym. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely convenient. And cons. Um, super convenient. But yeah, I think like you could optimize like, Okay, we got to run in, like for you, for example, you could run in the morning, lift in the evening. It's You might get a better run or better lift, whatever, but it's like done is better than perfect. Right. So, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, just getting in any sort of routine is so important. Um, and then I'm always big on running first, which I assume that's yeah. your vibe too, because that's like, that's what I'm training for it's a priority. is the running. So that's, yeah. So whatever your priority is, put that first. Yeah. What is, uh, do you do your leg days? on your speed workout days mm-hmm. okay that's good yeah idea too. yeah kill two birds yeah. with one stone yeah. the hardest day on the legs um which is interesting because i get a lot of questions of like oh why would you do it when like your legs are already tired from the speed workout but the goal is so that you're not sore for yeah. more days you know with the recovery and yeah. all of that so i feel like it helps with the recovery in general too like strength mm-hmm. training is so good because get blood flow you get the yeah. muscles working it's so yeah i'm now you're probably to the point too where you're not really that sore that mm-hmm. often because your your body's just so used to it. Right. It's every it's every once in a while after a speed workout that I'm so sore and it'll be like because we had crazy hills or something right. like that. Um, but yeah, I'm not usually too sore. And again, it's all about finding the the routine and what works for for your body. What do you do for recovery? Um, you know, anything fancy? No. It depends. It depends on how much time I have in my schedule. Like when I'm like really good about managing my time, I'll do the infrared sauna. I'll do like the hot, cold contrast therapy. Do you have those at home? 
No, I go to uh, Chris Fire for the sauna. Okay. Um, there's also, what is it called? Something lizard, lizard yoga. Lizard. It's South Houston. <laughs> they have, it's like a yoga studio that also has like the contrast therapy room. So oh, it's nice. one private room where you have the sauna and the cold plunge. I really want to buy a cold plunge. You have one. Yeah. Do you like it? I love it. Okay. Yeah. I think. I'd recommend it. Yeah. I, that's like kind of like our next. I know chance. a guy. Yeah. Do I, you? I know a guy. I'll hook you up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. We, I think, cause my husband's really into all the health and wellness things too. He does like yeah. a cold shower every morning. And, um, I've also seen like crazy studies on sauna usage, expanding your life. And yeah. Um, I also am really into the IV drips. I get I've those a lot. You, I'm surprised you haven't. You would have loved it after your, what did you do? 62 miles in the church parking the lot? The parking lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably should have gotten yeah. an IV drip. <laughs> I, I usually get them like in the summer. If we, if I have like a really big long run on a Saturday morning, I'll yeah. get one Friday before and you just feel so much more hydrated. You don't feel as depleted after the run. Right. I usually will get one like before race day or after race day just to keep my immune system. Yeah. Are they like a hundred bucks? How much do they cost? Um, yeah, it kind of depends on where you go. Um, I have, I do one that's like a membership. It's one hundred twenty dollars a month, and your first drip is free, and then like the next one after that is like fifty dollars or something. That's not bad. So it depends. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not cheap. It's definitely a luxury to be able to to do it. But Worth it though. Yeah, like. to stay healthy. That's like one of the things too that I always think of. Like I'd rather invest in my health to prevent something yeah. versus like be screwed and like right. have something worse happen than you're paying crazy medical bills or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of recovery. But as far as just like the bare bones of recovery, I'll still go for a walk sometimes just to kind of shake things out. I stick up or I stick up, I stick with my PT exercises um, that like my physical therapist just sends me and they're like weekly that I can do. So maybe I'll do those on a recovery day. Sleep is like the biggest thing for me and getting on eight to nine hours of sleep, which again is a luxury because I know some people have kids and, and whatever um and then lots of water yeah electrolytes yeah did yeah. you try to switch back in now i need to oh, i'm yeah. sorry i'm the worst supporter i'll, I'll ever. get you a, i'll get you a towel okay. before you leave okay um yeah i like walking walking for me mm -hmm. is like because it's active recovery like the blood right. flow yeah i would say motion is lotion yeah i was i was literally just gonna ask if you're the <laughs> one that says that my coach always says what does he say move it i don't know something about something blood flow which promotes Movement promotes blood flow, which promotes recovery. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, Same thing. Exactly. That's why, like, biking is so good, cycling, yeah. Yeah. Uh, swimming, all that's mm -hmm. so good. Especially, like, low-impact kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, when I was training for Eugene, I took one run day out and did cross-training instead, and I'd swim or bike, and I felt like my body loved having that. Yeah. And it was for my recovery day anyway, so it was, like, the perfect recovery. Um, I do have a recovery run two days a week after, like, my speed workout and then after my long run, but then I do still have like the two full rest days where I'm not running or strength training at all. So I feel like those two rest days, I try, like I have to walk the dogs. Yeah. I try my best to not do anything because I'm a very big like pusher of like, you have to rest. It's just as productive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously I'm still getting in some steps or stretching or something. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, dang. So you got Boston coming up mm -hmm. in the spring. Anything else? Any other big life events coming up? Not really. It's kind of boring. Are you doing Austin? Any of the races for Austin Marathon? I don't think so. No. I want. I do want to run the Austin Marathon one day, but I think I should run it for fun. That's I, I have done the half. Are you going to do it this year? I think just the half, probably. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll be there cheering. I live, actually, I shouldn't tell people where I live. <laughs> What's your social security number while we're at it? <laughs> I was going to say, I live near one of the miles yeah, of the okay. race. Okay. So it's easy for me to like pop over. I'm yeah. like, oh, here's my address. Um, here's my passport number. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have Boston. I was going to run Berlin, but I think I need to take a break. Like it's too much. I feel like you can do it and you're fine with running all the races, but like I'm, my body's going to need a break. So I want to focus more on speed. Yeah. So I, I like to do two big things per year. Okay. Like, and try to space them out like six months or so. Yeah. So like I did Boston cool. and Chicago. Yeah. Um, and then your spring, there'll be another six months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to race a marathon. I don't think I'm going to race a marathon next year. Okay. I'm, I'm going to run a bunch of them, but I don't think I'm going to race any. Okay. Do you um, have any ultras then coming up? I have my first hundred miler. June, oh so wow that's kind of okay focus but okay yeah. next team that's crazy yeah yeah we don't really have i'm trying to think of like what like we'll have friends weddings and stuff but we've already been there done that yeah. um I'm trying to think of like fun life events outside of running that we have you spend a lot of time in michigan at least this last yeah. time you did, right? yeah so we'll do that again um we the goal is to spend all of our summers in michigan and we would love to have a home there as well yeah. especially once we have kids like keep them here and go to school obviously throughout the year because you can't do the reverse like we can't be a snowbird living in michigan once we have a family right. so we're going to try to reverse it and spend our summers in michigan That's awesome. um and for now we just stay with our parents which it's great for a couple, <laughs> for a couple of weeks i love my parents so much um but it's just different not having your own space yeah um so yeah we'll spend i think two months this summer in michigan nice. so i'm very excited for that except it does screw me when i come back to austin because it really hits you like a ton of bricks the heat. to run in the heat. Yeah. yeah. Which is it Grand Rapids where you go yeah. visit? Yeah. Grand Rapids. And then my husband's from Grand Haven, which is like a beach town on Lake Michigan, oh, about 45 minutes directly west. So our families are really close, which is nice. That's awesome. Um, and hence why we both want to spend so much time in Michigan. Yeah. But the winter is brutal. Yeah. I think having the, the like dichotomy, I guess the right term yeah. of uh, <clears throat> like winters or fall winter and spring in austin yeah and then go somewhere not yeah so hot <laughs> so i know hard. i do like the heat like i knew it moving here but it does start to wear on you it's brutal and i think it's when like september it still hasn't cooled down and it's like almost october and you're like okay does this ever end and yeah. then suddenly it, it ends yeah and we're here now and the weather's perfect oh it's so nice yeah it's yeah. my favorite. Right. Yeah, we're going to michigan on friday and i'm like oh boy oh, nice. but it's actually it's going to be like in the 40s and 50s so much for a white Christmas. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And you yeah. guys want to have kids, it sounds like. We do want to have kids. We were on the uh, same bandwidth of like waiting two years after we got married and then like have the conversation. And then the second we got married, my husband was like, we I want kids. Like, can we do it now? And I'm like, no, we need to wait. And that was kind of why I like when I went to qualify for Boston, I didn't want to risk it with a race like uh, Austin, I wanted to go for a flatter course because the goal would be to have kids sooner rather than later, but I'm definitely not in a rush. I've always wanted kids. I just don't feel, I think a lot of women feel like that pressure and the rush because of their age, yeah. which I don't blame them whatsoever. Like I get it, but I just don't have that pressure. Um, so yeah, I think maybe like another year or two. Yeah. And we'll see what happens, God willing, obviously. Um, my mom wasn't, she was 32 when she had me. So, and I'm 29 now. So I just, I feel like I've always had that in my head of like having kids in my young 30s. 
So we'll see. I feel like that's a good time because mm-hmm. you, you have enough time to kind of figure your own self out right. a little bit. I don't know if you ever really totally. figure yourself out, but you're always, yeah. it's always a constant yeah. process. But yeah, I, I also feel like I want to enjoy being married. There's always like, you're always moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And I hate that feeling. Obviously there's beauty in it too, but we've been together for eight and a half years, married for one and a half. And I'm like, I want to enjoy, you know, just because we've been together for so long doesn't mean we can't enjoy our married years, just us. Um, and we finally like, we can travel. We have, you know, exciting other things right. that we're looking forward to. So we'll do that once we have kids too. But like, yeah. we're just going to get some things checked off the list. I think that's beforehand. important. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. You're so intentional and everything. Oh, I'm yeah. trying. Well, I, but it's also like, what do they say? Like God laughs anytime you make a plan. Cause obviously like right. we can't control <laughs> all these things. Um, but also like my husband owns a business. He's working all the time. I'm working all the time. It's just not the, not yeah. the time or place. So what does we'll he see. do? Um, he owns a marketing agency. Oh, nice. So yeah. here in Austin. Yep. Oh, yeah, nice. but his clients are are all over. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So he's always working. And I'm like, you want a kid so bad <laughs> that you're working all the time. So we're gonna need to we're gonna need to figure that out. But he'll be the perfect supportive partner when the time yeah. comes. So Yeah, I feel like maybe uh kids shift at it. A lot of people I see mm-hmm. that all the time where people are like workaholics. Yeah. And they have a kid and their whole because your whole priority has to shift totally. from yourself to this other being. Right. And I think it will. I think he'll make that shift, but I, I don't want him to have to yet. I want him to be able to thrive right now and not have to. And you can do both. Parents yeah. are probably listening to me say this and they're like, what are you talking about? You have no idea. And I don't have any idea. That's why I'm not in any rush <laughs> to figure it out. I love that. Yeah. Dang. Well, this was a ton of fun. I know. Thanks. This we is talked a about all the things. I know. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having um, me. All things Nicole today. I've, I've always wanted to like know more about you and your backstory. And everything, yeah. So. I feel like we keep we crossing paths, but we don't get to like sit and chat. I know. So this is great. All about me. I'll have lots of questions now for you later. Okay. Well, I'm not <laughs> as exciting. Um, where is the best place for people to connect with you? Um, definitely Instagram at Nicole M. Runs. The M is Marie, my middle name. Um, and it was better because it was a spinoff of Nicole and Roush with like the NMR, but oh, now yeah. I'm Nicole Winter. Anyway, uh, Instagram, you can find me on YouTube at Nicole and Runs as well. And yeah, I'd love to have you. So come on over. I love it. You're killing it. Thank you so much. Um, so are you. Yeah, your, your content's so good and you're such a relatable, this thank nice you. daughter of person. So oh, thank you. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll see you later. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and share it with a friend. And thank you to our sponsors of this episode, 2Before Performance Nutrition. Use the code JMiller for $10 off your order at 2Before.com, and you can feel the powerful benefits of New Zealand blackcurrant berries. We'll see you in the next one.